Thanks for tuning in. I'm a humanoid skin bag of flesh that goes by the name of Shelby. And you can just call me Renee. And you're listening to The Creepy Burrito. back burrito family for another saucy wednesday before we dive into the tales of the slender man we have a couple sweet ass reviews what what our first review is from josh and he said just finished getting current with all the episodes from true crime to paranormal it's oh so filling two-handers bottom and mid the condiments from you two keeps me coming back for more. Great job. Burrito, burrito, chili pepper, chili pepper, burrito, burrito. Well, Josh, chili pepper, burrito, chili pepper, burrito to you too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that someone loves our two-hander bottom and mid bottom, burrito reference. Mid, bring your friend. Hold Support that burrito. Support the fucking bottom. Support the bottom. Big juicy burritos. Shove them with shit. Shove them with shit. <laughs> <laughs> we support shoving shit. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Thank you. Our next sweet-ass review is from Ryan. He recommends the creepy burrito and says, The burrito is love. The burrito is life. Stay saucy. Oh, I got chills. <laughs> You're right, Ryan. The burrito is love. The burrito is life. We are your family now. There is only burrito now. There is only one burrito. The and it's... creepy burrito. Thanks, Ryan. You're cool. So, be sure to keep those sweet-ass reviews coming in. And don't forget to send us your creepy stories. <laughs> they can be ghosty stories that you were chased down by murderers, abducted by aliens. We need them. Send them to thecreepyburrito at gmail.com. And without further ado, today... We're talking about... We are talking about... Slenderman! <laughs> Slenderman! Is he a slender or is he a mom? <laughs> is he slender? Is he truly slender? Like, instead of big and tall, it's big and slender? <laughs> Does he shop at big and slender? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel so much disappointment. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. So, let's set the tone here. The Slender Man is often described as a tall, thin man, his face pale as a ghost, and faceless. No nose, no eyes, no lips, no brows, nada, nothing. He has extremely long slender arms and legs and four to eight long black tentacles. He can change his size and appearance at his own will, meaning he can start off looking still odd but a semi-normal human size and then stretch out his limbs and torso to monstrous lengths and release his tentacles to ensnare his prey. 
He is usually seen, always dressed to the nines, wearing a black suit, much like the notorious Men in Black. If you don't know who they are, <laughs> go back, listen to our Men in Black episode. If you dare. If you dare. Just like the Men in Black, they can also cause interference with audio, video devices, or other electronics to malfunction. And sometimes the Slender Man is portrayed as wearing accessories like a hat, necktie, or scarf. Because sometimes it gets chilly. He gets a little bit chilly too. It's I mean, pale skin. He's obviously anemic. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody give that Slender Man an iron pill. He is also a humanoid creature. Slender Man. He's a Slender Man. But no one truly knows the intentions of the Slender Man. We know that he is typically hunting down the weak. A majority of the victims are children, and he first approaches them as a friend to try to gain their trust. But there are adults that have also been victimized hmm. by the Slender Man. But adults that have encountered the Slender Man have one common factor, that they had suffered from some sort of terrible tragedy in their life or that they had befriended Slenderman as a child. He has just been watching, waiting. His behavior varies from victim to victim. Originally, he was known to be a malevolent being, extremely dangerous, stalking his targets and killed his victims by impaling them on trees and left to bleed to death. He would then remove their organs, place them in bags, and then back into their bodies. Over time, he has become a little bit more passive-aggressive. He would stalk his targets for years, from a distance, torturing them mentally, appearing and then vanishing, where they feel most safe and comfortable, whether that's at their home, their work, and would typically do this in the middle of the day. All of this just to slowly watch them drift into madness. Some of its evil actions are carried out through human servants called proxies that he would communicate with telepathically. Those that cross him either go insane, are killed, or disappear into the unknown. Now, let me walk you down the dark path, the tales of the Slender Man. First, I'm gonna give you a German poem called Schlankwald. Roughly is translated as Slim Forest. They say that monsters only come at night, that light will drive them away, but not all creatures follow this rule, safety not certain during the day. He hides on the fringes of your vision, brief glimpses of the distorted. He slithers and rides behind your eyes, reaching for you, limbs contorted. Before you know it, your children are taken, and now it's come down to you. His breath is oppressive, his presence acidic. He feels pity is undue. Suddenly, trapped in his grasp, so tight, you struggle to break yourself free. He laughs, and he gurgles, and he screeches with glee. He turns your head for you to see. Your children are crying, though their eyes are removed. They collapse, still and silent. His arms and legs bend, pulling you closer. The man's eyes, dark and violent. He strikes, and he cuts. Your skin flays open, your soul too weak to resist. This should not have happened. If only you had listened. Never go into the forest. Wow. What a nice poem. Those Germans, man. I love them. <laughs> love them. Well, I have another German influence is Der Grossmann. Der Grossmann translates to the tall man, or the great man or big man. In this legend, 
Der Grossman is a motherfucking fairy. Ah, uh, <laughs> And I have warned you about mm-hmm. them fairies. At some point, everyone's going to think that I'm just that guy that's in Fairly Odd Parents where he's like, Fairly Odd Parents! <laughs> People are going to think that you're Giorgio, but with fairies instead of aliens. <laughs> Do you ever think fairies? fairies. But anyways, <clears throat> I digress. Now, this fairy lives in Schwarzwald, otherwise known as the Black Forest, and had served as a cautionary tale for children not to wander into the woods. If they did, he would chase them through the forest, hunting them down until they were captured, unless they had returned home and confessed to their parents about their wrongdoings. In some variations of this tale, he will lure in the children by haunting them with whispering voices in their head to come to him, and he whisked them away in his large and plentiful arms. Der Grossman is known to slowly drive victims into madness, induce paranoia, give coughing fits to them, and induce disorientation, dizziness, amnesia, or insomnia. Some Slendy believers... Mm. Wait, is that what they call them? Some people call them Slendy. Slendy? Yeah, <laughs> like some Slenderman believers, they call them Slendy. When you have like a more casual yeah. relationship with Slenderman. Like me and Slendy, we tight though. <laughs> you know, me and my boy Slendy. Slendy slams. Gotcha. Some Slendy believers have tried to connect 16th century woodcut carvings as proof to support this legend. With images that the carvings have a creature without a mouth and multiple limbs coming from it. These photos, they were photoshopped images. The original works were a a series called The Dance of Death by Dons Holbin. But besides these wood carvings, there was another eerie account in an old journal that was dating back to 1702. It stated, My child, my Lars, he is gone taken from his bed. The only thing that we had found was a scrap of black clothing. It feels like cotton, but it's softer, thicker. Lars came into my bedroom yesterday, screaming at the top of his lungs. The angel is outside. I asked him what he was talking about, and he told me some nonsense fairy story about Der Grossman. He said he went to the groves by our village and found one of my cows dead, hanging from the tree. I thought nothing of it at first, but now he is gone. We must find Lars and my family must leave before we are killed. I am sorry, my son. I should have listened. May God forgive me. Yikes. Yikes. And that was in 18... Uh, 1702. 1702, wow. Yeah. So it's after the carvings came around, but the legend was still relevant. Yeah. But why would anyone just write that into their normal daily journal? Right. Moving on to other regions, there is a Romanian folktale that is truly terrifying. And it is about these two twins called Stella and Serena. One day, Stella and Serena were out with their mother gathering berries from the forest. Their mother bid them to stay close to her, and they listened, as they were good children. The day was bright and clear, and even as they walked closer to the center of the forest, the light barely dimmed. It was nearly bright as noon when they found the tall man. The tall man stood in a clearing, dressed as a nobleman, all in black. Shadows lay over him, dark as a cloudy midnight. He had many arms, all long and boneless as snakes, all sharp as swords, and they writhed like worms on nails. He did not speak, but he made his intentions known. Their mother tried not to listen, 
but she could not resist the creature's orders. She walked into the clearing, with her daughters shortly behind her. Stella, she said, take my knife and cut a circle in the ground big enough to lie in. Stella, who was not afraid of the tall man, nor afraid of the quiver in her mother's voice, obeyed what her mother said. Serena, her mother said, take the berries, spread them in the circle, and crush them underfoot until the juice stains the earth. Though Serena wondered why her mother asked her to do such a thing, she still obeyed. Their mother tells Stella to lie in the circle and demanded for Serena to cut her sister open with a knife. Serena couldn't do it. Her mother begged, please, if you don't, it'll be worse, so much worse. Serena couldn't harm her sister. She throws the knife away and ran home crying. Once she makes it home, she hid under her bed until her father came home from the fields and she told him what had happened. He tried to comfort her and tell her that she was going to be safe just to stay home and wait by the hearth as he left into the woods with axe in hand. Hours pass. She falls asleep until she is woke by the sound of a knocking on the door in the middle of the night. Who's there, she asked. It's your father. I don't believe you. It's your sister. It cannot be. I am your mother, and I told you it would be much worse. The locked door opens. Her mother enters, with the severed head of her sister Serena in one hand, huh. and the head of her father in the other. No! Why, Stella cried. Her mother only responded with, because. There is no reward for goodness in this world. Nothing but cold steel teeth and scouring fire for all of us, and it's coming for you now. Then, the tall man emerged from the fire and clenched Serena into his burning embrace. Very terrifying. And that was the tale. Stella and Serena. It's terrifying. Very terrifying. There are other interpretations of the Slender Man that can be found in the 18th century uh, English, Welsh, and Scottish folklores, where he's known as Fear Dub, the Clutch Bone, or the Fearless One. The Welsh accounts of the Fearless One even spawned a rather morbid lullaby. Hush thy child. Do not stray far from the path, or the faceless one shall steal you away into the fairyland. He preys on sinful and defiant souls, and lurks within the woods. He has hands of ebony branches, and a touch as soft as silk. Fear the faceless one, thy child, for he shall take you into a dark place. And what shall become of thou? No one knows, so be good, thy little one. Alas, he is here to take thou away. And that's what you tell your kids before bed. Why not? Why not? That's cute. Yeah. Now we're going to fast forward to a modern day witness account from a girl. After waking up with a jolt, the girl laid in bed a few seconds longer, reaching over to switch on her bedside lamp. She tried to remember exactly what had stolen her sweet slumber away. When she couldn't, the brunette swung her legs over the side of the bed and heaved herself up. Checking the time on her phone, she snorted when she saw it was three in the morning, the witching hour. Knowing that sleep would only evade her, she left her bedroom for the kitchen, a good cup of coffee on her mind. As she passed by her front door, a chill spread like liquid fire down her spine. It's only winter, she told herself, focusing again on the coffee plan. Measuring out scoops, water, and preparing her cup kept her occupied. But as the dark liquid boiled, she had nothing left to keep her mind from wandering off. The chill returned and she couldn't help but glance behind her to the front door. It stood there, innocently enough, just like always. The deadbolt was still in place and she could see nothing amiss with it. Turning back to her coffee, she did her best to forget about the feeling. 
With her cup in hand, she started to head back towards the bedroom. As she walked by the front door, she decided that a quick glance out the peephole would help her calm her restless thoughts. The chill worsened with each step she took towards the door and further away from the safety and warmth of her blankets. She pressed her empty hand against the cold metal door and took a deep breath before leading her eye to the peephole. At first, she could only see an inky blackness and somehow seemed a swirl in itself. When she blinked in surprise, the void melted away. She wished it hadn't. In its place, there stood what she could only guess was once a man. The limbs were long and inhumanly awkward, with bulky joints branching off to several arms. The creature draped in a black suit, somehow making the thing more nightmarish to her. The icing on the proverbial cake, however, was what passed as the hellish thing's face. It was as though her mind blurred the ghastly visage to spare itself further from shock and horror. She shoved herself away from the door with the hand still pressed against it. The scalding mug of coffee fell, the liquid burning her bare legs as she fell backwards and tried to crawl away from the door. She knew somehow that her mind hadn't been playing tricks on her. As she crab walked away from the door, she watched as tendrils as black as the void itself snaked through the cracks. The girl was trapped between the instinct to flee and the gut feeling to not turn her back from the door. When the door jolted, the urge to flee overcame her, and she slipped in the burning liquid as she tried to make it back to her room. She knew deep down that she was trapping herself in a corner, but she had to get away from the door. The girl was halfway down the hallway when she heard the previously locked door creak open. She screamed and slipped into a wall, cracking her chin on it and stunning her. After that, there was only blackness. Nicole? A warm male voice snapped the woman out of her trance. As she turned around, she was met by one of her sister's doctors. She nodded, not sure if she should say anything or even if she could find her voice if she did have something to say. That morning, she had gotten an urgent call from the hospital saying that her sister Lindsay was there. Before they had even let her see her, the doctors had pulled her off to the side and insisted that they talk to her about what might have happened. Phrases like self-inflicted and assault had been thrown around and Nicole felt her mind reel. She still hadn't fully understood what they had been saying until she saw Lindsay with her own eyes. Her little sister had a bandage wrapped around her head covering both her ears as well as her eyes. They said it was to keep her now deadened eyes from drying out and to try to keep the infection out of the wounds that Lindsay had made to her ears. The doctors had guessed that either she or someone else had jammed a pencil into them to keep her off balance or to deafen herself against something. There was a mix of first and second degree burns on her hands, legs, and feet from what was assumed to be her coffee the neighbors found spilled all over the entry of her apartment. As Nicole walked into her sister's hospital room for the first time, she thought that she had spied the silhouette of a man in the window that she knew was impossible. Her sister's room was on the third story of the hospital. It was a tall man wearing a black suit with a blank face. What's the origin story of this slender man, you may ask? Slenderman actually came from the depths of the internet. There was a thread for a Photoshop contest to create paranormal images on a site called Something Awful. That was actually the name of the site. It was It was just something, something awful. <laughs> Not that it was just something awful. There were two photos submitted by Eric Nudson under the username of Victor Surge. He had submitted two black and white photos that had groups of children and each with a large dark figure lurking in the background. Each photo had a caption. The first read, 
One of the two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library blaze, notable for being taken the day of which 14 children vanished, and for what is referred to as the Slender Man. Deformity cited as filmed effects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. 1986 photographer Mary Thomas, missing since June 13th of 1986. Wow. The second caption read, We didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. But its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. Yikes. Very chilling. When he was creating these two pictures, Eric had plenty of different inspirations in creating the character of Slenderman, ranging from uh, The Insidious Beast, Stephen King's The Mist, reports of shadow people and Mothman, and other inspirations for the character. Um, he actually pulled the image of the tall man from the movie Phantasm and used it in one of his original images. So that's how he had like photoshopped the, the actual tall man in the picture right. and blurred out the face. And also was inspired by horror video games like Silent Hill and Resident Evil. There were other pre-existing fictional and like legendary creatures that are pretty similar to Slender Man that were popular at the time. So number one, this is probably my favorite and like what I always think about when I think about Slender Man or the Men in Black, which is the gentleman oh. from Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, that's one of my favorite episodes, actually. Hush. Zero words. Ugh. And another very similar character would be The Question, which is a DC Universe superhero with a blank face, whose secret identity just happens to be Victor Sage. Really? And his username was, was Victor, Victor Sage. Surge. Or Surge, sorry. Yeah, S-U-R-G-E. But the identity is Sage, S A G E. Yeah, it's a little. A little bit familiar, yeah, right? A little, little bit coincidental. close. Yeah. So even though he didn't credit it to that character, uh, I think you might have, buddy. I think you did, buddy. The Slender Man has gone on to inspire endless amounts of fan fictions and different art. There was a YouTube video series that was called Marble Hornets that later turned into a feature film called Always Watching, a Marble Hornet story, which I've watched kind of sucks mm -hmm. so hard. Like if you look it up on Prime, like Amazon Prime, it's only two stars. They tried to like tape it as like, um, like a documentary style, like the Blair Witch Project. Oh. Not good. No. If you're a fan, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm not. Yeah. Do not recommend. Slenderman has appeared in several different survival video games called Slender, the Eight Pages, that was followed up by Slender, the Arrival, and even inspired Enderman character in Minecraft. But why is Slenderman so popular and fascinating? A faceless figure and little-known background creates the perfect template for storytellers to create new terrifying tales or try to connect the dots to who is he? Where did he come from? Where did he go? Does he know Jimmy Hoffa Joe? Slenderman Joe. Slendy Joe? 
Although Slenderman has been coined as a creepypasta that went viral, this modern-day boogeyman isn't just evolved from these tales and folklores that we were talking about. People still flood the internet with encounters and sightings of the Slenderman. Are these just more tall tales? Or are people truly searching for answers and warning others to beware of this sinister creature? To some, Slenderman is real. Very real. At least it was for Morgan Geyser and Anissa Wire, two 12-year-old girls from Waukesha, Wisconsin, that stabbed their friend Peyton Leitner 19 times and left for dead in the woods. Fucking insane. It gets very insane. On the morning of Saturday, May 31st of 2014, a bicyclist found 12-year-old Peyton Leitner lying in the grass on the side of a dead-end road, covered in blood. She was immediately rushed to the emergency room. Even though she was in excruciating pain, she was still able to tell the police that it was her best friend Morgan Geyser who'd done this to her. After reaching out to Morgan's mother, investigators discovered that the three friends had a sleepover the night before, but Anissa and Morgan both nowhere to be found. Police were on the search for the two missing girls. Just before 3 p.m., Morgan and Anissa were found sitting on the side of the freeway. They seemed calm, kind of dirty, covered in stains, and they had just been walking for hours. The two girls were separated for police interrogations, still calm and seemingly unbothered by the fact that they had just presumably killed their best friend. Over hours, the story begins to unravel why they would commit such a crime. Morgan very vaguely explains, Anissa told me what we had to do, because she said that he'd kill our families. A man, I didn't know him, but Anissa knew him. Anissa tells the police how she found the Slender Man on Creepypasta. She said, I actually thought he was real because I saw him. We were like talking on the bus, I look out the window, and I see this thing standing like this with tendrils. Looks exactly like a tree, there and gone, like that. I was really scared, knowing that Slenderman could easily kill my whole family in three seconds. Both girls said that they wanted to protect their families and demonstrate their loyalty to become his proxies so that they could live in his mansion and prove his existence. Oh my god. And the only way that they could do this was to kill someone. The two girls started planning on how they were going to kill Peyton for months. They had code words when they talked about this in public. One of them being the word for knife, they would use the word cracker, or words like itch instead of killing. And the amount of premeditation that they had after finding Slenderman on the internet and like came up with this plan to kill Payton is just mind-blowing and insane. They had done research on different like true crime cases and the justice system online. They had taken books out from the library. Um, They had internet searches like how to get away with murder, the insanity plead, how to find out what type of psycho you are, and how to act after the fact of committing a crime. And just to show that there's like proof that they were of sound mind when they do this and knew that they were doing something wrong, they cleared all of their internet history and they were covering their steps. And up to this incident, they actually had previous failed attempts throughout that weekend. Wait, so they tried to kill her prior to trying to kill her? Yes, that weekend. And I'm, oh, I'm going to wow. walk you okay, through it. Okay. This whole this whole sleepover event. Okay, okay. Because this was all uh, a weekend for Morgan's birthday, right? 
So their initial plan was for the night before, on May 30th, that they would duct tape Peyton's mouth shut, stab her in the neck, and then they would just run off together and take off, try to go to Slenderman's mansion. But in the middle of the night, when they were supposed to do this, they were too sleepy and tired from going roller skating earlier that day for her birthday. Oh my god. (laughs) So they decided to go back to bed, and the one fucked up thing about this, too, Morgan even says in the interrogation tapes that you can watch, there's a HBO series, Uh and you can watch them online, too, where she says, I figured, might as well give her another day to live. Wow. Like, made it sound like, out of the goodness of her heart, we should give her one more morning. Wow. Like, it gives you chills to your bone that a child is saying this. So, when they get up the next morning, all the girls start playing together. While Peyton is in the bathroom putting on a pink princess dress, Morgan and Anissa start devising their second plan, which was to kill her in a bathroom stall at the park because there was a drain for the blood. Morgan goes into the kitchen, grabs a knife, and puts it in her jacket, and the girls go off to the park. When they get to the park and they're in the bathroom, they tried to knock Peyton out because they read online that it's easier to kill someone that is unconscious and also so that they don't have to look her in the eyes as she's dying. Wow. So they start roughhousing, and Peyton hit her head on the concrete, but it wasn't enough to knock her out. Peyton just thought that they were just playing hard, maybe. Yeah. You know, just being rough kids. Like, sometimes stuff gets out of control yeah. your kids. But Morgan and Anissa start to lose their nerve at that point when they're in the bathroom, so they all leave the bathroom. They then tell Peyton that they need to go into the woods because they want to go bird watching. And as they get into the woods, they start playing hide-and-go-seek. Anissa said, She was going to hide in one place, and I was going to hide in another. And then Morgan and I were going to be like lionesses chasing down a zebra. I was going to tackle her, and then Morgan was going to do the stabbing. So I started walking away, and then like, when I was five feet away, I said, Now! I'm like, go ballistic, go crazy, make sure she's down. After stabbing Peyton 19 times in the arms, legs, and torso, Two of the wounds were to major organs, one of them just missing a major artery by less than a millimeter, Holy shit! another in her diaphragm, cutting into her liver and stomach. Oh my god. Peyton recalls Morgan just stopped stabbing her, and Morgan and Anissa just stared at her in silence for a moment. Anissa told Peyton to lay down and to be quiet that she would lose blood slower. They then tell her that they were going to go get her help, but Anissa flat out said, No, we weren't getting her help. We wanted her to die. And Peyton, this 12-year-old girl is like one hella badass. She's still conscious after all these injuries and stabbings, and probably due to like all the adrenaline going through her body at the time. She tried to get up, but she said she couldn't see, walk, or breathe. So Peyton dragged herself to a nearby road where she was found. In 2017, Anissa Wire pleaded guilty to being a party to attempted second-degree homicide. The jury then found her not guilty by mental disease or defect. Oh, what the fuck? Sentenced to 25 years to life, involving at least three years locked confinement and involuntary treatment in a state psychiatric institute, followed by communal supervision until the age of 37. Morgan Geyser, on the other hand, accepted a plea offer under which she would not go to trial and would be evaluated by a psychiatrist to determine how long she would be placed in a mental hospital. 
She later pleaded guilty but was found not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. She was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Her father also suffered from it, so it was in the family. Justifiable. She was sentenced to a maximum of 40 years to life, involving at least three years to law confinement, in addition to involuntary treatment in a state psychiatric institute until complete resolution of symptoms or until the age of 53, whichever happens first. In 2018, a Wisconsin judge sentenced Morgan to 40 years under a mental health facility supervision. While Morgan will periodically still have the opportunity to petition for a release from the mental health facility in the future, she will still remain under institutional care for the duration of her sentence. During her trial, she had been committed to the Winnebago Mental Health Institute, and she was the youngest person at the facility. The most recent update was in 2020 this year. An appeals court rejected Morgan's petition to be retried as a juvenile. Her attorney, Matthew Penix, argued that she should have been charged with attempted second-degree intentional homicide rather than the first degree and argued that she gave statements to investigators before being read her Miranda rights. Okay, but that doesn't that doesn't change the fact that you committed murder in the first degree, not the second degree. That mm-hmm. like you premeditatively planned this. And her attorney, he has petitioned the state Supreme Court to review the ruling. Like, I just don't understand how you think... I mean, I, go, I understand it's your job. But how do you think you can get anywhere with that? Like, this is brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, brutal. Yeah, even as, like, 12-year-old kids. And it's not just kids, like, fucking around either, like, Mm -hmm. not knowing the consequences. We accidentally did it. Right. We were playing with a gun and then an accident happened. Right. No. No. Like, we continually planned out how to murder her throughout the day. We We had multiple chances. Multiple chances to turn away and not do it. Literally, quote-unquote, we wanted her dead. We weren't going to get help. But, silver lining... What about Peyton Leitner? Mm-hmm. So she had took time to heal and recover from her injuries. She said to the many people who sent her well wishes over the years and throughout her recovery that she was very grateful for all the love and support from everybody that she had got. She said that she now wants people to know that she's doing well and that her hope for moving forward is to put everything behind her and to live her life normally. And when she was interviewed uh, last year in 2019 was the most recent update that I've seen on her. They asked her, what would you want to tell Morgan? What would you want her to know? The fact that she's like this little teenager now and like going through this as a child, like I don't understand how that did not just break her Yeah. because I would have been broken. Yeah. But she said, I would probably initially thank her. I would say just because of what she did, I have a life now. I really, really like it, and I have a plan. I didn't have a plan when I was 12, and now I do because of everything that I went through. And she had plans to attend college uh, this year, actually, and that she would like to pursue a career in the medical field, believes that this goal is all inspired by what happened to her. How it's so moving as, like... big of a person you have to be to just be, like... That's just heart of gold. Yeah. Like, how are you that good of a person? And, oh, like... Yeah. How could two people that she believed to be her best friends that she was spending time with that day, pure hearted, just in a pink princess dress, playing with them, and then go around and do that? Like, oh my god, it breaks my heart, but I'm so glad that she's like a literal walking angel on this earth. 
Like, I was trying to think back to, like, being kids like me and you and, like, walking around. Like, never once did I think, Shelby's going to kill me today. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't think that. When you're 12, that's not even something, like, murder is not something that crosses your mind. The mm-hmm. real world scary shit is not anything that crosses your mind. Mm-hmm. And then to be thrown into a situation where you're just automatically, like, 12 years old, you're an adult now. Because yeah. how can you be a kid after that, you Like, know? we didn't imagine Slender Man or, like, stabbing no. someone to sacrifice them to uh, an imaginary god to prove their no. existence. Oh like, god. we thought about dating members of Good Charlotte. Yes. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> Benji Madden. He's my boy. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Ooh. But anyways, we digress. How do you, how, how is this, how is this real life? It's weird. Like, I understand being that age, you, like, idolize mm-hmm. people and figures, like, like we said, like, band members and stuff, but, like, Slendy. <laughs> Not sacrificing someone to no. a, an imaginary no. entity. And no. this case actually caused a nationwide panic. Parents across the world became worried about the potential dangers that stories about Slenderman might pose to their children's safety. Russell Jack, the police chief of Waukesha, warned that the Slenderman stabbing should be a wake-up call for all the parents, that the internet is full of dark and wicked things, a warning which numerous media outlets publicized. After hearing the story, a woman from Cincinnati, Ohio, told a TV reporter in 2014 that her 13-year-old daughter had attacked her with a knife, later finding her daughter's dark stories of Slenderman and that this was all motivated for her daughter's violent behavior. Dude, again, this is why I will not have fucking children of my or own. they're not allowed the internet. Well, see, here's the thing, is, like, I grew up with completely unsupervised internet, and mm-hmm. I've seen some shit that I should oh, have yeah. seen in my day. But I think that also the internet has changed from when we would get on the internet from when we were 12 mm. and there's a, it's evolved so far yeah so it's everything is easily at your fingertips you don't have to wait for dial up 30 minutes also too there's ways to get around parental controls now oh yeah so it's like i just think like and another or reason kids using technology now is so much different yeah. like they know how to do everything on their own it's insane i saw a baby using an ipad right. the other day i swear right not trying to scrutinize anyone's parenting but i think that we should that people should definitely monitor or talk to your kids or like talk to yeah just talk to your kids don't talk to Listen them through a phone to your kids like don't fucking like if they're saying crazy ramblings about slender man and this god and you're gonna sacrifice to him then maybe be worried maybe your kid needs medication <laughs> I'm sorry. That's kind of a... Mental health is like a real thing. Right. And if you don't check in with your kids, how are you going to know? But I'm not a parent, so I'm not here to scrutinize. Anyway. Just the burrito. Yeah. Looking out for you. Giving Just love. looking out. There was also another case in 2014. Jesus Christ. Where a 14-year-old girl in Florida set her family's house on fire while her mother and 9-year-old brother were inside. Uh, the police reported that the teenager had been reading online stories about Slenderman and that it would be safe to say that it was connected to the incident. Oh my god. 
In early 2015, there was a epidemic of suicide attempts in ages ranging from 12 to 24 years old on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Some believe Slenderman influenced these attempts because many Native Americans believe in a suicide spirit that's similar to Slenderman, but whether that's actually like accredited that they're the same entity or being, that's depending on what people's beliefs are. But yeah. That's everything I have on the uh, Slender Man. Holy fuck balls. How do you feel about it? Okay, well, here's my thing. As if I haven't said enough already about Tell me all I the think. things. So, what do you feel? Word vomit in my face. I feel like, I don't know if it's just me being almost 30 years old is hindering the way that I would perceive things being a 12-year-old, but I just can't see myself as how I was at 12 believing in a slender man and wanting to kill my friends and family for him. Mm -hmm. I just don't, I don't know. But here's also another little twist Mm -hmm. that I love to put on things. So obviously we know that slender man, um, he started as a Photoshop. The inspirations were pulled from, from different things. But folk tales and legends. I would say also too that it's not so far fetched that so many people started fearing the same thing that it just manifested into something. Mm-hmm. You know, like people talk about. You go searching for dark energies and you put yourself in a dark place, then that's what you're gonna manifest as your reality. Right. Mic drop. On a better note, probably my favorite part of researching Slenderman. I came across Slender Pony. Oh, wait. <laughs> on an episode of My Little Pony, there's a cameo of Slender Pony. Wait, is this a real My Little Pony episode? Yeah, like a real fucking My Little it's not Pony like a epi- parody? No. From like Robot Chicken or no, something? No, I watched the fucking episode of My Little Pony in my room. <laughs> Like we were 12. When I'm studying, I was sitting there on my computer watching a little My Little Pony episode to see Slender Man. Oh my god. Okay. And you can find it on YouTube. I'll see if I can. I think I still have the link. Literally I'll share it out to you guys. Google Slender Pony. Slender Pony, yeah. It'll come up. Wait, uh, there's a couple like cameos that might come up that aren't the thing, but you can see the actual episode where they just put a snippet of Slender Pony. Yeah. What does he look like? A pony version of Slender Man. How is that allowed in kids' shit? Because he's just lurking there in the um in the woods while the ponies are like playing and talking. Like the one pony like tackles and they uh, tackles the other one and then they tussle. And then in the background, it's just like bushes. They're outside because they're fucking ponies, right? And then there's just Slender Pony there. <laughs> his little head for like a brief second, like you see him. Mm-hmm. I can't decide if I like this or not. Same. <laughs> I feel very indifferent about it. Also, same. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can get like a, if I can find that YouTube video and then do like a snippet of it. Yeah, that'd See be if funny. we can post it in the fucking pictures. That'd be funny. Do you have any great stories about Slenderman? Or Slender Pony? Or Slender Pony? Have or... you seen the Slender Pony? You know about our boy Slendy? You know where you can tell us your stories about your boy Slendy? You can send them to us at thecreepyburrito at gmail.com. And also, that would count as a creepy story, and we would read it, and you would be entered to win our surprise giveaway. Our. Spooktacular surprise giveaway. Hell yeah. 
And don't forget to write us sweet ass reviews. You can do so on iTunes, Stitcher, Podchaser, Castbox, Facebook. Do it. Notice how we added things in there because now we know you can review us on those places. Help the Burrito family grow. On that loving note, oh, bye bye. One of the two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library Blaze Library Blaze the God